y'all. It's your girl at Joy Leah, and welcome to my podcast, Backstage with Joy Leah. Today, we have Mr. Georgia Blue himself. We have my friend, Lawrence Wilson. He is going to be on the podcast today. We are going to be talking politics. And you guys, this guy is legit. He worked on Kamala Harris, Joe Biden campaign, as well as our boy, Mr. Warnock. So, if you want to know about the politics, this is the man in 2020. But now we're in 2021, but still. <laughs> so just sit back, enjoy this podcast. We're going to have a political party. <laughs> Hey y'all, again, welcome to my podcast backstage with Joy Leah. Today, we are going to just have a little conversation about politics with my friend, Lawrence Wilson. He has his own company. He is the CEO of Wilson Brands. And we just want to get to know a little bit more about how we turned Georgia blue, okay? Because the world is proud of us. So, Lawrence. My man, how you doing? I'm doing well, Joy. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm very excited. As you mentioned in the intro, we are very good friends by way of Atlanta and you being from Chicago and me being from St. Louis. We have those great Midwestern roots. And I'm excited to be a part of this. I know it's it's taken a little while for us to unite, but yeah, very excited and and ready to dive in. Yes, you guys, this is a busy man. Okay, he is a busy, busy man. I would just say that, but it's all good. He finally got some time for me, and I understand because we was too busy turning Georgia blue. So <laughs> I ain't mad at you, Lawrence. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, and we're going to get into a little bit more, but tell us about your background and everything. For sure, for sure. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. I am the youngest of three boys, and my brothers are much older, so when I came along and just my my whole career, we're, we're very close, but completely different. And I, I initially got my start in, in the political realm at the age of 13, which was uh, 20 years ago. Uh, a former member of Congress, who is actually my cousin, basically got me started into this, this world that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And as a little kid just knocking on doors, making phone calls while he was running for the U.S. Congress, and really didn't know what I was doing, but I started seeing the power of people in the community and putting on events and knocking on doors and just seeing like-minded people at a young age. And from then, I interned with him in high school and then again in college the summer after my, my freshman year, I was blessed with the opportunity uh, the opportunity to intern with him in Washington, D.C. for the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, an opportunity that I feel shaped who I am as a person, what I have become post-2007 and an opportunity that just really just took off. And that was during, and, and also at that moment, I was able to meet then-Senator Obama. And it was in a private meeting where I sat behind him for an hour and a half and, and just was amazed by what his mission was. He, 
where he was going to end up and his time running against then Senator Clinton. And from there, I just like, I knew this was, I was, I knew this was probably something that I was destined to do and went back to my university in the fall, changed my major to political science. And that was during the time when he was becoming, becoming the, becoming the, the nominee as well as trying to organize my campus. I registered <coughs> in my campus to vote mm-hmm. and really opened the door for them to understand the political process. We, we held rallies on campus. We knocked on doors and tried to engage the community in Arkansas. And from then, I ended up getting an opportunity to intern in Washington, D.C. my spring semester, which was in two, 2010 where I was in the Secretary of Homeland Security's office and spent my whole spring semester there and really just got to fully dive into what it's what it's like being a part of a, a presidential administration. And from there, I, I studied abroad. I went to China in the summer to study abroad where I was learning Mandarin and cultural studies. I spent two months in China, and it was the, the, most expe- the best experience where it – immersed me into a whole nother culture and especially being in China there's really not a lot of black people and (laughs) that experience to get treated you know to get treated as uh LeBron James or Kobe Bryant (laughs) that I got that so many times and and just to be fully immersed in their culture and from then I graduated in spring I graduated December 2010 went on to work for President Obama's re-election campaign, where I was in Chicago for almost a year, and from that, and then the last five months went to Virginia and became the organizer, knocking on doors and, and making phone calls. Wanted to work in the White House, but never got the opportunity. However, I always kept the passion of wanting to be in the political world and also doing events, which allowed me to work uh, in government relations as well as I worked on the Hill briefly. And bring us to 2016. I was I was a part of Hillary Clinton's uh, Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. Okay, and that was an experience well experience of many highs and, <laughs> and lows. Uh, <laughs> it was an experience that ultimately shaped the direction of where I was going, you know, where I am to now. And I was in Florida for her campaign as a deputy operations director, and really just got to see first-hand experience of what it's like to actually be uh, a part of a high-level campaign. And then she lost. And it was an experience that I I thought I could handle and ultimately didn't. And through that, I I ended up having a nervous breakdown and and fell into a depression. Wow. Because nobody would hire me for almost a year. And it was an experience that really uh, traumatized me. And I, I just, I became... In this dark place, I, I just got tired of begging people to hire me because I was either over, overqualified or my resume was too powerful or just just hearing everything. Right. I was underqualified, and, and, and obviously we were in uh, former President Trump's world, or world, and people just really just didn't – there was just no room for Democrats at the time. So for me, I ended up I ended up having to leave DC. I said I'm, I'm leaving politics, and I was like I'll never do this again. And ultimately, I moved to Dallas, Texas, where I was trying to work for American Airlines 
who uh, who I worked for previously part time, but because I like to travel, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to have the opportunity. And ultimately, that didn't work out after seven months being in a rotation program, and I ended up departing. I departed Dallas and moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and this was in the uh, May 2018. And that was a crazy experience and crazy time as well because two days after I moved there, I was hired to run the March for Our Lives tour with the Parkland, Florida shooting survivors. Okay. Uh, I went to Mar- Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and were part of that mass shooting. And that was an experience that I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm in control. I'm traveling all across the state, all across the country, working with these kids trying to make sure that we can have census gun legislation where we can end things and just be in a situation where we are really thriving as a, as a country. And that ultimately started developing the idea, like maybe I should start my own company. Right. From, from there, I, I went to Chicago. I had a friend who asked me to come help her co-manage her mom's company who had passed away that Memorial Day. And I... I was like, yes, let, let's do it. And her mom was a part of, uh, ran a lot of different community community enga- engagement activities. I'm sure you being from, from Chicago, I'm, I know you're very familiar with, oh man, I just forgot the name of it, the, the annual parade. That Bud Billiken? Yes, yes, the yeah. Bud Billiken parade. So we were a part of that, running logistics, uh, also we had this Chicago Elite Classic that we pretty much, her mom was, was on the board of, and we basically did all of the logistics and stuff for that. Okay. So I did that for six months, and ultimately this brings us into February of 2019, and I was was introduced to a guy who was running for city council through a mutual friend, and our, our mutual friend was like, hey, I want you to meet my friend who's running for city council maybe you could help him and, and give him some advice, et cetera. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went to a meeting with him, met him, and I was like, anything you need, just let me know. So then a week later, he's like, hey, I need you to take over his campaign. Uh, he, Him and his campaign manager uh, parted ways, and I need you to take over. So I was like, well, I don't, I don't know him like that, and, I, I, and I'm done with politics at this point. So for me, it's like, well, do we want to dive back into this? So I, I immediately assembled a team, started learning the, the layout of District 3, which is where Mercedes-Benz Stadium is, where Morris Brown sits, Atlantic Station. And I was like, well, let's, let's, let's get, hit the ground running. So ultimately, he made, he made it to the runoff election. So we won the first election, made it to the runoff election. And then everything just got started getting thrown at us from countless accusations to all these different crazy things. But for me, it's like, I've always been the person, keep keep your head down, let the noise, let the noise go, but always make sure that you're reaching out to people. So, and that's what I did. We were knocking on the doors heavily. We would do community cleanups every, every Saturday throughout the duration of the campaign because a lot of the areas in his district were dilapidated homes, trash everywhere and just a sad occasion so we would organize a team every saturday 
and ultimately we won. And I was like, wow, this is, uh, I was told, I was like, Lawrence, you still got the juice. So I was like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should run with it. And ultimately I was hired to be on the national advance team for now President Joe Biden and an experience that was actually one that I always wanted to do when I first graduated and, and went to President Obama's campaign. Mm-hmm. But get the opportunity. But ultimately got the opportunity. I traveled the country. I probably went to maybe 13 different states throughout the 15 months on this campaign. Wow. And really just built up events. And then obviously COVID happened, so we had to reimagine what that looks like. So it was mostly promoting him on Zoom and, and virtually yeah. that an experience that I, I I don't take for granted. And I think ultimately how the whole Georgia thing came about. So I got word, I got a call that I was going to that they needed me to run the, the first event in, in Georgia, which was with now first lady Dr. Jill Biden. And I was like they knew that I had roots there, so it's like, okay, we want you to do it. So I did the first event there, and then now Vice President Harris came, so I was in charge of that event at Morse at uh, at Morehouse College, and then ultimately uh, President Biden came, but I was somewhere else, and then uh, President Barack Obama came, so I was a part of that, and then ultimately after they won, then I got a call, so I had like maybe a week off. And then I got a call to uh, be the director of advance for Senator, now Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock. And that experience, I went from a number with the Biden campaign, just being an associate, Mm -hmm. to actually be in charge of a team, a production, finding these locations and venues, signing contracts, uh, working with the communication team, putting out press release and all these different things and just blown away by the, like, yeah, I really want me to do this. Like, I'm up for the challenge. And ultimately, the rest is history. I think that uh, I I own what I've now accomplished, and it's it's something that I'm forever grateful for. And it's been a staple of Wilson Brand, which is my company. We, We help elevate brand strategy. We do production and logistics work, and then also political consulting. So... Uh, it's something that I'm very grateful for. I am. Uh, I've had a, a lot of time to relax, to rewind, reset, and now I'm ready to hit the ground running. Obviously, but uh, that's a process as well. But uh, that that's a little bit about me. I would say that's a lot of bit about you. But that is very very interesting how you got involved in everything and you stuck with it since. You was 13 The crazy thing about How you just explained All that My stepfather Is a He he does all that Like he used to work with Barack All type of people Like crazy And he's a spokesman But he's for Chicago And At 13 I was doing the same thing And I was like I'm never doing this stuff again Like Calling these people Like I think we was calling like Somebody for like I don't know, Kellogg, one of these people in Chicago. And, you know, the $60 a day, thank you, at 13. But it was like, you had to call like 
500 people and you're going to all these doors i mean you're getting you know a little good money but that is a i see how you you could be stressed out and how you said you didn't necessarily want to get back in to this you know necessarily political game because it you know that's a lot and then to lose you know what i'm saying I mean, if it, if it was devastating for you, how do you think the person felt? You know, all the work they put in. So, that's just interesting how you stuck with it. And you're really good at it. Like, you you have that face. You, you know how to talk to people. And nobody else is doing what you're doing. Like, you're in your own lane. Like, you could really be, like, the spokesperson for Atlanta. Because T.I. is not it. I'm going to just tell you that right now. Like, that. <laughs> Keisha needs you. Like, like, Keisha, call my boy. Wilson Brand. Listen. <laughs> that ain't going to work. I'm going to just tell you the truth. We need somebody educated and know what they're doing and know what they're talking about. That's out here really helping the community. Not to say he's not. I'm just saying on some real legit logistic stuff. So, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get into, you know, why you Democrat or anything like that. I know why all them things. But um, the whole Biden campaign, you know, you kind of explained a little bit. But, you know, from there you went to Warnock and everything. What made you pick, you know, those two, I would say, um, you know, their administration, you know, sure, political for sure. Well, because I've, I I know the political process, and I know that campaigning and governing are, are two fundamental, fundamentally different things, I, I've always admired President Biden anyways. And one of the things that I, that I knew firsthand was, yes, President Obama was the president during his eight years, but it was it was... Vice President Biden at the time doing all of the legislative work because right. hated him. Congress hated President Obama so much that they just really wouldn't negotiate with him. And because Vice President Biden at the time was a, a part of the Senate and he knew all of the parliamentary rules and just how to make a bill become a law. Because at the end of the day, when you're governing, that's all that matters. When you're running for office, it's different. But when you're in, you're in the position, you're trying to make the world a better place. Right. You make laws that affect your housing, your health, your your uh, local taxes and stuff. Energy, your yeah. your uh, gas, like all these different things. Your your food. Right. So we have things like that, and I knew that Vice President Biden at the time was the only one that could really make this happen. And that's that's ultimately why I went with him. He's a very genuine guy. He's, he's a very fun-loving guy. I've had so many one-on-one interactions with him to where I just knew he was the right one. Uh-huh. And fast forward, look where we are now. And I just think that he's going to be a great president because he cares. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, he, he helped with the crime bill or he... Like that's that was like thirty years ago. Yes, and that's where like the world evolves. You know, Everybody. like things change. People, you know, there's people. You know how many politics went to jail for white collar crimes, and they did their time, and it's over with. Like, come on, like that's that's the people like to bring that up a lot. 
I'm glad you touched bases on that. And I just, I just say you can't use that against him because at the end of the day, uh, he was one of the poorest, poorest in terms of he, his government salary when he was a senator and vice president was pretty much all the money that he was making. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't a rich person coming right. into the roles. And those are, those are people that you can empathize with. He, we had to make sure every Sunday we found a church for him to go to mass. He's a, he's a, very strong Catholic man. He's never drank to smoke a day in his life, mainly because he's Irish and he said that uh, a lot of his family did and he was like, I just don't want to get involved with that. But I just knew he was the one, deep down in my heart, based off his policies and based off of, of where he could take the direction of this country. And then ultimately, when he won, I was like, well, I just helped out tremendously in this effort and now I got to make sure that he has the help that he needs. So yeah. that's when I called to hop on Warnock. the Senator Warnock campaign. And really just, uh, when I first started, we were we were on a bus tour. And, and for that, I was just, it was already planned. And I was just going and just putting in my expertise. And then after that first bus tour, I was like, well, I think it's time to let me kind of make my creative juices flow. And then ultimately, that's when I hired a production team. We started having live streams. We started having visuals. I created buffers around him. Started using the bus as a backdrop. We had American flags, the Georgia flags. We started doing only driving rallies. And from there, I knew that that I really was doing something remarkable. Every time, and one of the things when you really realize the work that you're putting in, because obviously, I'm the one that set up events, but I'm always not the visible one, right? Uh-huh. But when you look at a live stream or you look at a picture or you look at something on TV and you see the visuals, like when Reverend Warnock was standing out in the rain when we were in, uh, I think it was Macon, Georgia, like pouring down rain, the, the visual and the shot was just amazing because... Here he is with his umbrella standing out in the rain, delivering to 300, 300 cars and probably about a thousand people and just really mesmerize that what you're doing, like you're, you're affecting the community. And one of the things that I wanted to do, I wanted to hit and it was, it was similar to Antonio or Councilman Brown's campaign. We wanted to touch everybody in every pocket in every corner. We went to Valdosta. We went to Warner Robins. Warner, people in Warner Robins said no candidate ever running for any type of office had been through Warner Robins since Bill Clinton in 92. Wow. And Reverend Warnock was the first one to come. And those are the moments that I live for. That's what inspires me. That's what drives me because it's about like, and, and people say, well, why can't we win or why can't right. Texas? You have to meet people where they are. Everybody's not going to come to a rally. Everybody's not going to come to a community meeting. Mm-hmm. But bring that energy to them, it can change. You can change a room. You can change a, a community. You can change a world. And that's what we need to do moving forward as far as a as far as anybody running for office or, or any aspect of that. You have to meet people where they are. And that's not even – that's opposite of politics. That's in everyday life because we become so divided in this country and so isolated 
that we won't talk to our neighbor, that we won't talk to that person walking down the street, that we won't go talk to the homeless person. And the homeless person doesn't, not always wants to be homeless, but there's just circumstance that nobody ever met him, met him where he was or met her where they were. And those are the aspects that we need to look at when we're trying to fundamentally change the course of this country and change the direction. And it, and it's kind of evident with the COVID-19 virus. You have some people that like with the whole implementation of it and just like how to get control of it. You had the president saying one thing, then you had uh, the governor of this state saying another, then you had the city councilman doing another, and there was just no leadership on it. And that's what has gotten us to this grim milestone of half a million people that have perished because of no leadership on this virus. And I think that President Biden is the, is the best person at this time to do that. And I, and I look forward to everything that he's about to accomplish and the support that he's about to gain. Me too. I agree with you on that. I look forward to what's going to happen, especially dealing with what we had to deal with the last um, few years or so. Um, it's a refreshing to, you know, just get something new. So, um, I know, you know, you helped out Biden, Kamala, and Warnock. You know, my girl plan on running again, bringing it back to Georgia. Do you think you, you, would you work with Stacy? Well, I, 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 that's a good question. So I think that for me, especially in the political world, you never say never because obviously I, I said never before and now I have technically three victories under my belt. So, uh, well, four if you count Councilman Brown. So they say you never say never and I would definitely because I, I feel connected to Georgia now, I would definitely yeah. help out. But ultimately, ultimately, my goal over the next four years is to work for President Biden and Vice President Harris in the administration. So uh, how that looks two years down the road, because also yeah. Senator, Senator Warnock will also be running again. So I know I'll be a part of that in some aspect. Mm-hmm. I don't think the day-to-day part of it, but I definitely will be there in a, in a major aspect for him, and I know probably they're going to run together. Just how uh, Reverend Warnock did with Senator, well, Senator Warnock did with Senator Ossoff. So, okay. say, never say never. All right. I mean, we got to keep Judge Blue. So, yes. I mean, really she was out, out there. Yes. There's. We need to stay engaged. Don't let. Don't let the next year and a half or however long to the next election. We need to still be in the community, in these streets, knocking on doors, making sure that we're caring for one another and really making sure because the hype is still on Georgia. Mm-hmm. On Georgia. And we don't want to lose that momentum, but we also want to transfer that to other states that are, are asking for that same model of, of what uh, leaders, Leader Abrams did throughout her, her the last two years. All right. Right, yeah. So we gotta keep that momentum going, y'all. Like he said, go out and vote in two years. We don't have to just do it for the big election. That's what a lot of people like to do. We gotta do it for all of them. Atlanta's mayor mayoral races next year. 
and as well as the city council. So it has to be every any office that you see, whether it's school board, whether it's mayor, whether it's city council, state representative, governor, we have to vote for every everything. Ticket, yeah. Every 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 person on the ticket. We really do. That we really, really do. And I've like recently learned that in the past I would say ten years. In my early twenties I would only do the you know presidential elections but then when i bought my house and stuff like that that's when you learn and your tickets when you start getting them tickets on your car in certain areas that's when you learn oh your water tax commissioner like for real like said the sewage you gotta look at that stuff why is you paying that much you gotta vote the right people in in certain things and like i said i didn't take it seriously and i know better like i know better Especially coming from Chicago, they really take politics seriously. So, but I'm I'm learning, and Georgia's starting to do it too. Like they're really taking it serious. So, you know, I don't have too many questions. I really just have one more question for you. Um, we got to keep it black, you know. As a black show, me and you are black. I mean, in in your opinion, I want to know with this new administration, what do you think will be done or is going to be done for Black America? Because Black America has really been waiting. I mean, we didn't get it with you know with Obama, which we thought not to say it like that because we love Obama. The fact that he was in there, we got it. But what do you think besides just having a face in the office? What do you think um, the administration has for black America? Well, I think one of the things, and this has been evident in my career and my life, the only way we're going to really affect change and, and really make things happen is if we have a seat at the table. If we don't have right. a seat at the table, right. we don't know what's going on. I mean, we, we can only hear from it. But unless we're like sitting in the room, mm-hmm. I'm advocating for you and what's going on with your family in Chicago or my family in St. Louis or uh, the black people in, in Atlanta or wherever that is an urban, an urban or where I went to school in Arkansas. Right. Or is that, that you see what happened with the power situation yesterday. Right. If you don't have a seat at the table, you're not, you're not an advocate for the beliefs and things that you want to see the change that you want to see so for me uh, President Biden is heavily dedicated to the African American community I know a lot of people say black, black people saved him in South Carolina it may be true but also like it, it's definitely true in a sense but he also is for black people and right. things that you'll see out of him is uh and this is a big one. This is on the education piece. Historically, black colleges and universities will get a significant increase and in, in have that seat at the table so that we're, we're having, you know, he's putting the same level of funding that white universities are getting. Good. Upgrading the, the features and, and the facilities. Facilities on different campuses. Good. And not letting them be behind. I think. He pegged maybe $75 billion for HBCUs. It could be more. That's that's excellent. That is excellent alone. I didn't even know that. Yep. So that's that's one of the steps. Housing. He wants to make sure that everybody can 
obtain the American dream. Afford a house. It's primarily for young people because he wants young people to be able to enter the the middle class and have the assets and, and the foundation to be able to be successful. Okay. And, and back to kind of the education piece, his goal is to cancel two thousand or ten thousand dollars in student loan debt, and that would obviously I, I would like fifty thousand. I mean, <laughs> you take the ten. I mean, I, I would take that because. A lot of times we are so burdened by the debt that we can't buy a house. We can't do those things. That's true. Also, uh, one of the things is 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 infrastructure. Infrastructure is his main priority, as is and definitely going to be as as president because he sees dilapidated homes in urban communities. And the, the highways and how they looking and stuff. Highways, all of that. And one of the things that comes with a big infrastructure package is putting minorities to work. Okay. And that you have, uh, um, instead of having, like, I think it's 5%, 10% minority workforce in construction, doubling that so that you, so minorities have a presence and are, are, have the, are able to get the contracts and run the contracts for these roads, these railroads, these highways, byways, home construction, and all of these different, and different things that would bring more money and more assets to the African American community. And then healthcare. I think healthcare is, is going to be a top, is another top priority because mm-hmm. everybody vaccinated, but as you can see, with before he took office with the rollout with the vaccines, a lot of the minority communities and rural communities were getting left out, especially as African Americans, because a lot of times, and I know True. Senator Wax said this all during the campaign, you have some areas across Georgia that have that don't have broadband internet that right. maybe use some form of dollar, and so they can't go on and sign sign up online for a for a uh, to get the vaccine because so and, and there's really like no numbers the, the lines are always busy so it's making sure that we are taking care of, of the rural and minority communities that ultimately uh, get left behind in every every aspect of things because either they're unreachable or their, their zip code or their circumstances just doesn't allow. And then I would say one last thing on that is criminal justice reform. He wants to make sure that people are not succumbing to the system, whether that's you know marijuana charge or, or petty criminal charge, and just basically giving a pathway to help people. Right. That you can... That you can be the Fortune 500 CEO. You can rise above your occasion. You can leave the South Side of Chicago. Yeah, you could get out. You could get out of the situation that you're in. That you, you know, because sometimes, you know, back when he did whatever he did, they was given three strikes and all that type stuff. And people were so young, and they really didn't get the chance. So that that's that's something that alone will be great because that's. People getting out of jail now from things that they did, you know, back then. So the he, you know, and I think him having a son that probably went through what he went through made him a little bit understand a little bit more about that situation because, you know, you got people, you know, crack addicts or you know whatever type of addict they are, they don't need jail. No, you know they need reform. 
you know so that that that's one of the great great thing and you explain like f- four or five wonderful things that he plans on doing for the black community so we do need to like you said stand behind what's going on and you know continue to get involved and vote because I didn't even know I didn't even know half of you know I was wondering you know people too busy worried about their stimulus check that they don't they didn't learn exactly what was what he was gonna do for us and that's the important part <laughs> more than anything so you know you that that you explained so much about that whole Biden administration. I'm 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 glad my vote counted, and I'm glad you know I knew I was gonna vote. You know I, I was you know sometimes you just you just know who you're gonna vote for, but it was like I'm who I was not gonna vote for, so it didn't matter. Actually, he could have been selling hell on a stick, and I was still gonna vote for him, but. <laughs> you didn't explain. It can't be no worse than what we already got going on. But you, for you to actually explain, that's why we got to get more into politics and we need people like you. You know, and we need people that can explain this stuff to us in layman's term, I would say, because we don't know. And we don't know what you out here fighting for. And you're fighting for a good cause because um, the, I hate to say it, the average person. Just votes the probably the same way that I voted, you know. But to finally hear what they're doing for the community, what we're not going got going on, how they was going to these rural counties and everything, the whole you know, it's not just Democratic and Republican. It's what it's like you said, being kind, caring, all that type of stuff, bringing that stuff, you know, to the table. That's more important than anything. So you know, before we go, what's next? For Lawrence, what you got going on next, twenty twenty one? I mean, I I probably know a little bit of something that you got going on, but <laughs> <laughs> tell tell the world. Well, the uh, the goal is to join the, the Biden Harris administration, and I've I've interviewed. I've, I mean, it's a process, so I'm on everybody's radar. Okay, I just got an email about that today, so uh, it's just a process. I'm hoping that it. Speeds up. All right. I think that the email I received uh, just before we we joined each other uh, is going to help that. But I, I want to be in and advocating for the policies and, and things that they want to do for America, and just being that, being a part of that history, and being a face that really is is I first and foremost, I'm a black man, so. And I'm an educated black man, and and I've done some amazing things, and and it's it's to show people in my generation, and just to show people that no matter what your circumstances are, you can rise above it. Uh, yes, it's hard. It, it took me nine years to get to this point, but I, I don't regret anything that has happened to that has prepared me to where because I I would never have been able to be director of advance. Wow. Be a uh, the, on the national uh, advanced associate for uh, for President Biden. Right. Had I not gone through those struggles, right? And better person, um, and maybe better with time management, uh, organization, 
communication and those those attributes is has allowed me to become a better person and and I'm just ready to show show the world that show that we can we can be anybody you know we don't have to we don't have to succumb to the system we don't have to be in, be in those those crazy times and, right. and that's really I aspire to be in what I, and I want to bring other people along and, and give people that seat at the table alright I understand I really really do I mean you have made me really think about probably volunteering maybe to be a poll worker I got like one day for him because <laughs> seriously it's a lot that goes into it, guys. I already know. Yes, enjoy. We have uh, our mutual friend. Uh, I, I got his brothers to be poll workers on election. Or oh, okay. You see, you volunteer. You see, you volunteer the time you could volunteer. Yep, and they never, never had done anything that close. Uh huh. Did very phenomenal with it to a point where uh, a friend of mine who I connected them with. Wants to nurture them into something else. Wow! And then the mom, you, the mom was on a lot of the stuff too. She was on the trail too. Like had everybody getting involved. It was y'all had a team over there. Now don't get it twisted. So, but you know, you got to give the time that you can give. Everybody don't have that. You know that time, but you know, you really put it together. I would say and really put Georgia on the map like okay yeah everybody you know Biden you know everything whatever whatever like that is great every other state Pennsylvania we happy for y'all y'all went blue too but Georgia went blue that was big they were proud of us the world was proud of us I would say and I'm I'm like dang I, people in Chicago was calling me like yeah girl. everybody was calling like y'all done went blue y'all doing y'all think I'm like look all I did was vote <laughs> So don't ever say your vote don't count because that's all I did. Exactly, exactly. Well, I really appreciate you taking your time out and being on my podcast and explaining. You know, we had a political party, y'all. We really, you explained a lot of stuff. Like, we need to go back to civics class or something where people could, you know, let us know exactly what's going on with every little thing. But this conversation really made me feel a lot more comfortable with the administration that's in office. But, again, I thank you so much because, y'all, y'all don't understand. It's been, we've been, I've been trying to get with this man for about five months, okay? My podcast has been going on for a minute, and this man has been busy. But you got to understand when greatness is upon certain people, you got to let them do their thing and let them get out and do what they have to do. And if they got to cancel on you, they got to cancel on you. But get, he always said, I'm going to get with you. And I really appreciate that, like, that you really got with me. <laughs> sure, sure. Thank you for having me. Shout out to your listeners. Shout out to you for really doing, uh, taking initiative. Uh, I know you've had a lot of different topics that you discuss on your podcast, but I, I I hope that this is impactful and meaningful yeah. uh, to the average Joes. And and, and, I, and just, I'm only 34. I just turned 34 last week. So, uh, for your listeners. So, I, I'm still a millennial. I'm still yep. young. 
growing. Growing. I'm still learning, but uh, I'm just grateful to have had all of these experiences to be able to uh, shine a light and, and inspire. So yes. thank you. Appreciate it. I look yes. forward to seeing you the next time I am in town. Yes. Before you go, I want you to give out your contact. We want to know your Instagram, you know, little stuff like that. So if we want to follow you or we want to get in contact, you maybe want to get involved. <laughs> sure. So my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is is my name. So it's Lawrence, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E, J as in J. And the last name is Wilson. So it's Lawrence J. Wilson on all three of those platforms. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, and I definitely want to connect anything that I can say, anything that I can help. Uh, we are open for business at Wilson Brands. So if you, <laughs> have, uh, <laughs> you need some brand strategy or some advice or consulting work, uh, we're definitely available. So yes. Thank you. And you guys, you know, you can always at me at, at Joy Leah on IG if you want to get in contact with my boy Lawrence. And we will be right back. I'm going to end this interview with my boy, but we'll be right back and we'll be going over my list for the week. Thank you so much, Lawrence. I really appreciate you being on. I love you, brother. And I will definitely see you soon. All right. <laughs> Hey y'all, again, welcome back to Backstage with Joy Leah. So, you know, I've been trying to do my list, y'all. I'm sorry. I know I'm wrong. I've been, I'm supposed to have been doing this. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. But I'm going to take the time out to do this more. Now, you got to realize I'll be pre recording a lot of this stuff. People got crazy schedules. So, what I've decided to do is I'm going to input the week that we are in. So, if it's out of sequence, or it's posted a month later. It's still, I would say, in heavy rotation. But, you know, it is what it is. And we're going to get right into it. So, we are in February, last week. And the major topic that's going on and who's on my list is your girl, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West breaking up. I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. Just quiet. Are you surprised? Are you surprised? Come on now. Don't nobody want his crazy self. Don't nobody want that dude but her. Jordan didn't even want him. Nobody. Kanye is crazy. He's crazy. Boy is four o loco. Oh yeah. I ain't even gonna say that's what she get because it's not. The devil is a liar. But is you surprised? No. Anyways, moving on to 
the next person on my list is Meek Mills. You tried it. You tried it. So you're going to sit here and talk about Kobe. You don't need to say shit about Kobe. You don't need to fix your mouth and say anything about Kobe Bryant. I don't care if it was a joke, if it was a flow, if it was whatever you thought it was. Don't do it. Don't do it. You in these folks' business, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, Lord. This one right here. Candy and her baby daddy. This nigga tried it too. He gonna say, oh, she a home wrecker. She knew I was married. That's why I ain't pay. <laughs> you was in that putain? Deep up in that putain without a condom. That's why she got pregnant. And you gonna sit here and make it seem like you ain't gotta take care of yours because you got four over here with a wife that you probably ain't with. And you're trying to justify? Are you serious? Are you crazy? You're crazy. You're crazy. I'm learning some of these people in these United States of these Americas is crazy. You got to be out your mind to think that shit is okay. It's not, bruh. It's not. And you fixed your mouth to say it on the podcast. We're going to continue to pray for everybody on my list. That's what the list is about. We're going to pray for these people on my list. Them three. Probably like six. But still, we're going to pray for these folks. Because they need to get it together. Or forget it forever. Again, I want to thank you all for listening to my podcast tonight. Backstage. Actually, we had a political party. We had a wonderful time. We had... Lawrence Wilson on my show We had a wonderful conversation And again You can always follow me On at joylea At gmail Or you can follow me on facebook Joy underscore Leah Or you can email me at p At gmail.com You guys have a wonderful night You guys stay blessed And thank y'all for being backstage with Joy Leah Thank you You supposed to be blue obvious, huh? Hi guys.